Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In December 2018, alpinist Ari Novak and Carson Delap set out for India to explore one of the most remote valleys in the Indian Himalayan mountain range with a local climber by the name of Karn Kaushik. Their goal was to, to meet with the indigenous population of Spetty Valley and to try and support local climbing. What they found was perhaps the biggest treasure trove of unclimbed ice in all of the Himalayas. And that is the backstory behind this wonderful documentary called Himalayan Ice. And we're joined today by the co-directors Ari Novak and Austin Schmidt. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Ari, so what brought about the what we see now as Himalayan Ice? How did you get involved in the project? Well, it was kind of a crazy journey. And it all began in a bar in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, I'm a professional ice climber. And part of that job is teaching ice climbing technique at festivals around the country. So um, there are these ice festivals and beginners and advanced people like come to learn ice climbing. And it's uh, kind of in remote parts of the country. And this one's in a real remote part of Michigan, almost to Canada. And I was sitting in a bar when this Indian fellow walks in. And uh, he was dressed in like a leather motorcycle jacket. And he had a set of ice tools that were kind of obscure tools and happened to be a tool that I climbed with. And we struck up a conversation. And basically, he was up there to talk about the state of Indian ice climbing. And... Uh, he invited me to come to India, and that was the genesis of this film. So literally began in a barroom kind of meetup uh, super randomly that this uh, guy showed me some photos of some ice in the Himalayas and invited me to come out there and go on this adventure. Well, before we get too far into the the story, let's kind of make a distinction. There's, there's what we basically know as mountain climbing and climbing like – Mount Everest, and what's the difference between that and ice climbing? And either sure. one, Austin, if you want to take it, or go ahead, Ari. Uh, so the difference between, uh, let's say, mountain climbing and ice climbing is ice climbing is like if you went out rock climbing and were climbing uh, rock, and you could do that as a single pitch, uh, which is a rope length, or many pitches, which is many rope lengths. Um, similarly, you can climb ice that way. Uh, when you're mountain climbing, the objective is to get usually to the summit of a peak. Uh, in rock climbing or ice climbing, the objective would be to get to the top of a, a climb. In ice climbing, that would be the top of the flow of uh, water or frozen ice. So um, that's basically the distinction between the two. Gotcha. Is, yeah. is ice uh, climbing inherently more dangerous? Is, is there any sort of defining characteristic in terms of its challenge to you as a, as a climber? Sure. I mean, ice climbing, you know, is uh, an ephemeral medium. Uh, like, you know, the ice obviously can break off. Uh, I'm a terrible rock climber, so I like to joke that like it's much safer for me to ice climb than rock climb. Um, Which so, is not usually the case. No, no, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, inherent risks. Um, and... You know, it's definitely a mentorship sport, which makes it very beautiful because it's kind of passed down and taught from mentor to student and then continued like almost like links in a chain, which is why the story of going to India and 
meeting this Indian ice climber who was telling us about how he wanted to start an ice climbing festival, India's first ice climbing festival in the Himalayas, uh, was so inspiring to me because it offered an opportunity to share some of our experience uh, with people who were really excited to climb but didn't have the necessary equipment or the uh, knowledge or experience. So that kind of uh, sharing of experiences really inspired me. Okay. Well, Austin, how did you come into the project? Uh, so I was working in, I, I kind of like made a jump to North Carolina and um, Carson DeLapp, the other athlete that was on the trip, who's good friends with Ari and there's a good full story there of them, how they met. They had been talking about going to India and I had been shooting photography for a climbing photography for a company, Fox Mountain Guides over in North Carolina. And Karsten probably just brought it up like, hey, there's this guy who's been shooting some promotional videos, been shooting photos for us, and he'd be a great addition to the team. He's strong. He may not ice climb that much, but he uh, he, he can probably jug the rope and get to the top of the climb and, and get some shots for us. So That's great. So you, you are an experienced climber, it sounds like, yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Both rock and ice, yeah. Now, a good part of the film is about the adventure of getting to India and getting to this remote location of uh, Spitty Valley. Tell me, I mean, that's really kind of a fun part of the film, sort of the the adventure of getting there, getting to know the people in the film. I would just share any any insights into sort of, I, it was 65-hour drive. Did I hear that right in the film? Oh, my God. And an exciting drive at that. There's one part in the film, you're driving on a, a road that is considered by some to be uh, one of the most dangerous roadways in the entire world. Uh, well, just kind of your general impressions, uh, Ari. I mean, sort of the, the adventure of getting to where you got to in making the, the the climbs. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about Himalayan mountain climbing and ice climbing is the adventure begins sort of the second you step off the plane. The climb really begins, you know, just getting to it is a, a huge challenge. So, yeah, the valley we went into is the Spitty Valley. We're specifically going to a little village uh, named Kaza. And for a long time, this entire valley was cut off uh, from the world in the wintertime. Part of that is strategically. Uh, it's on the border of China, and India hasn't developed any of the roads and would close it off in the winter because if there was ever a land invasion from China in India, uh, it would be really difficult, almost, I mean, it would be impossible even to get a tank in. So the roads are like the worst four-wheeling road in the world, uh, except with cliffs that drop off like thousands and thousands of feet. Um, so it was really, really dangerous, really difficult to get into the zone. But that's also why we knew we were going to a place that had never been climbed by Westerners before. Um, and why Karn, uh, our Indian friend who went there once and saw all this ice, described it as the greatest treasure trove of unclimbed ice in the world. And for ice climbers, you know, we're always out there looking for frozen waterfalls and it's they're hard to find. Um, many, if not most, have been climbed, you know, because people see it and, you know, want to try it out. Yeah. But in this area, it was completely untapped. Before we go any further, I just want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Austin Schmitz as well as Ari Novak, the co-directors of the new film Himalayan Ice. It's available on a couple of different platforms, and and I'd like Austin, if you want to talk about sort of the the donations, you can you can be a part of a more than just seeing the film. There's some other uh, uh, projects attached to Himalayan Ice. So we'll be, let's start first with where you can see the film. 
we can see the film on Amazon Prime. Uh, it looks like, was it still Vimeo Plus? iTunes, iTunes Apple yeah. TV, uh, Google. Um, or there's like a Chromecast option or something there. Um, so pretty yeah, much but, everywhere you can stream movies. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, iTunes, are, Amazon. Are, are you talk about the, because you set up the nonprofit or the... Um, yeah, the so... One of the ideas uh, we want to do is uh, use the film to, uh, you know, help uh, climbers who don't have uh, resources to go climbing. Uh, a lot of the folks who live in the Himalayas uh, live well below the poverty line. So the luxury of, you know, climbing ice is just beyond their means, as well as they don't have any stores, even in all of India, no matter your class or economic state. So what we've done is uh, try to raise money uh, to send gear um and education programs to these villagers and to the indians who are interested in ice climbing um so we're working with a nonprofit called project conservation and folks can go to himalayanicefilm.com and make a donation and uh the money goes into the fund to supply them with gear part of the film has to do with what you described earlier uh, that uh helping the people in the in the area who love to climb but don't have the means, the resources, sort of the, the setup to do that. And it's a, a wonderful part of the film, getting to know the different people in the in the towns that as you go through there, you get, you sort of pick up, it feels like you're sort of picking up people as you go on your journey here. Is, is that a fair statement or is that yeah, kind of people, how? People came from all over India. So there were villagers who lived in the village of Kaza, but there were people who came from, you know, days and days away to attend India's first uh, ice climbing festival. So there was uh, our friend Supaj. Austin, do you remember where Supaj was? He was from yep. the south. Yep. Uh, there was uh, all these different Indians who were really excited uh, to try out ice climbing, who had never done it before. Um, it was about equal men and women. Uh, there was female climbers from all over India, as well as the village that came to climb. So it was really inspirational because it, you know, kind of use climbing as a vehicle to bring people together. It didn't, you know, see them as a Western or Indian or male or female. We're all just excited to uh, share this powerful experience in the mountains together. Um, and that, I think, to me, was the most inspiring part of our expedition in uh, making the film. There's, uh, is it Karn who brings up that uh, you're one of the few to come into that region that weren't sort of the tourist the, I want to say the ugly American, but the the idea of just coming in, drop yeah. parachuting in, taking sort of advantage of people who have of limited means, and then and then leaving them, you know, those the I don't know if I'm describing yeah. this very well. Yeah, but you, no, you, no, yeah. you definitely describe it well. I mean, one of the most profound statements Karn made to me, yeah. you know, before we left, I, I asked him, I said, "What can we bring, or what can we do to really help this community?" And he said, "Tie in with an Indian." And tie-in means to tie in and climb together, to mm. tie in on the rope. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, just come and tie in with us. He's like, in the history of Himalayan mountain climbing, people come here and ask us to carry their bags or set up their tent or make them tea, but they don't treat us like people. They don't treat us like climbing partners. And I was shocked by this because I'd already climbed with Karn as a friend in the United States when I met him in Michigan. And you know, considered him a climbing partner, just like Karsten, who's in the film or anyone else. So I was like, well, of course, we're going to tie in with you. And one of the ethics of the trip uh, that Karsten and I did was we tried to make sure that every first ascent we did uh, was tied in with an Indian. 
uh, a first descent is the first person to climb a uh, climb. And what you do is you get to name the climb. And uh, Westerners have been coming in literally since the British, you know, for almost 100 years, coming in, naming their climbs in India and leaving. And that really bothered the Indian community, as it should, um, that they weren't getting to be a part of that. So when we climbed anything, you know, uh, maybe Karn would start a pitch or uh, start a climb, and then I would we'd swap leads on uh, multi-pitch climbs. It was really done with a sense of uh, partnership and equality and friendship um, and mutual respect. Uh, you know, I think I learned as much from them as they learned from Carson and I, and that's what felt so good and something that I think Austin and I as filmmakers wanted to share. Yeah. Yeah, it comes across in the film. It, it's it, it's really an engaging film. You guys have great personalities. You the people you're interacting with. You just it has a vibe to it, and it really comes off in watching it. And the one climb that jumps out at me is the the snow leopard climb, uh, which it sounds like there might be some real danger on that climb. I mean, honest to God, beyond the uh, the climbing itself, you were being stalked. Okay. If I got that, where you were being sort of stalked by a snow leopard, is that? Is that yeah, <laughs> so there's this kind of zone where there's all these like uh, waterfalls and ice climbs, and there was one particularly big that we could see even from the, the road. It was sticking out. It was very prominent, and we had started kind of working our way down the cliff band, so we had climbed a few other lines, and then we started crossing this river and got into this uh, zone right by the climb that would be called Snow Leopard, and suddenly there are all these paw prints and Austin I, I think you know you can describe yeah. it too how, how creepy like they're big big paw prints big paw prints <laughs> and I, I told Ari stop we gotta get we gotta capture this this is this is important oh. filmmaking right here right well you see the the, the the in the film you see the the paw print in next to the foot next yeah. to the foot yeah so you get some scale and uh, yeah I, what's it I like to be vision. stalked by another animal I mean what does that feel like I mean I have this vision of like being on the climb and if you ever saw like, you know, like a cat jump on a rope, I imagine like I'm climbing up and the ropes beneath me as I'm leading up the climb. And I just imagine the snow leopard seeing the rope kind of dangling like a house cat would, except it's huge and jumping on the rope and like pulling me down. Like I fall to my death, like with a snow leopard attached to the rope. And it was really unnerving because there are all these like little caves and nooks and crannies. And before we went into the mountains, uh, we got a blessing from the monks uh, and permission because the Indians uh, view the mountains as a holy place. And for us to go there, uh, we, of course, wanted their permission, but also a blessing because it's considered holy. And they gave that and they were very excited that we were going out to do that. But one of the monks mentioned to us that we'll probably see snow leopards because, you know, in the wintertime, folks just don't go up into that zone because it's so burly and nasty um, and hard living. And, you know, they're just trying to get by. We're going out there to do this climb. And they're like, yeah, you'll probably see them. And sure enough, like, uh, they were definitely watching us. Because uh, even like when we started approaching, you'd see they were up on a perch kind of looking at us where we were climbing further down river and then walked in a circle and then literally right towards the climb that we went to do. Wow. Um, so it was an extremely <laughs> well, memorable experience. Well, Austin, I'm going to ask you uh, yeah. this question, uh, start, and you can chime in, Ari, as well, that uh, what was your impression of India? What is your impression of, you spent uh, how many, a couple of weeks, three weeks? How long were you actually yeah. in India? Yeah. 
What was your impression of what, uh, as, as someone sitting here in, in sunny Southern California, not ever having yeah. been there, what were your, what was your takeaway from, from being in India? I mean, from a filmmaking perspective, I, it is, it is a, a dream. There are so many lights, there's so many sounds and textures and colors and, and people. And I mean, it is, it is a cacophony of, of beauty that is, as long as you're rolling, you're going to capture something amazing. And, and that starts in Delhi in a whole different world and then travels continuously into the mountains. Yeah. Beautiful, steep landscapes. Ari and I were joking at one point that the Himalaya are, they, they feel like mountains that you can see in America, but you've just, you've grabbed the top of the image and stretched it taller. <laughs> the, the vertical relief is, is, is impressive and, and awe-inspiring and. A beautiful thing you have any yeah. plans to go back and climb go back and film oh. yeah you're gonna go back oh, yeah. yeah okay <laughs> can't can't there's there's too much life left to not see those mountains again and how about your people and... yeah yeah awesome thank you uh, and ari how about yourself or your yeah impression? absolutely uh yeah, i would love to go back and continue to uh help and work with the indians on their uh emerging climbing scene as well as enjoy those mountains and the the beauty of that place um you know there's literally thousands of first ascents available um so when you talk about like you know first ascents are usually rare and suddenly you're standing somewhere and everywhere you look is like this jungle gym of ice with all this like potential and you know i like to joke that ice climbing is the most fun thing you can do with your clothes on so for me i was like it was nirvana like looking around and seeing all these beautiful mountains and and the people and the you know, we're so kind and nice and welcoming, you know, in the American West, if we saw a really cool ice climb uh, and it was in, let's say, a rancher's backyard, if we knocked on the door, nine times out of 10, he'll call the sheriff and tell us to get out of there. You know, Austin and I saw this beautiful climb and it was literally in someone's like kind of the back of their field. And we knocked on the door and they invited us in for tea and they invited <laughs> us to stay with them. And anytime we like any like it was so different and kind and inspiring uh it was a really beautiful experience uh on and off the mountain well great that's a great answer and it comes across in the film we see uh, uh, that we see instances of that where you're sitting around just uh, having tea and just a great great spot uh, yeah great comes yeah, across that was actually rice you know like uh so they have this huge pot in uh that's rice and you, you know you share bread and rice and you know, nutrition up in the Himalayas is hard. Uh, our village was at 12,500 feet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it taking enough calories, basically just on bread and beans and rice, um, was hard. I mean, in the three weeks we were up there, I lost 17 pounds, um, you know, in a real short amount of time. So it was, uh, you know, there were challenges. Uh, you know, we were driving up there and there was literally like a pause and they said, oh, they're doing road construction. And they just drill holes in the side of the mountain and stuff with dynamite and light it on fire like Wile E. Coyote, like in the cartoons, <laughs> and hope the mountain kind of breaks in a way that they can continue the road. And one time it just broke the whole road and there's this gaping hole and we were marooned for three days. Like, you know, it was crazy. You know, you're losing weight and you're hungry, but you're also so inspired by the people and the landscape. Um, there's such a beautiful lesson to be learned from it all that you, you couldn't help but enjoy it. A uh, a joke that that I would always have with Ari is, we'd be witnessing all of these crazy experiences happening, and, and I'm behind the camera, and I had this. There's this sense of security that I would have <laughs> filming, 
where I was like, oh man, these, these dudes are really having a tough time. I'm, I'm glad I'm not where they are. <laughs> so, and, I, and I felt separated in a way while rolling. You know, just be like, oh man, I'm bummer that the road blew up. I'm glad I don't, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that and eat what they're eating. And... What was the joke that the taxi cab driver or the, the driver that gave you guys a ride stairway to something? <laughs> yep. So he, uh, so the roads, the roads that we were on in the Spitty Valley, um, dirt roads, not well maintained. Uh, but these drivers are, uh, I mean, they're used to them. They know every turn. They know every, um, so they can really get cruising around these, um, around these really sketchy roads. And he described d- driving through the Spitty Valley as a video game. But there's no easy level. There's no hard level. There's only extreme. And if you make a mistake, you die. No yeah. restart. No restart. Yeah, that was. No like, restart. You got one life. No restart. Yeah, one life. No restart. Live it to the fullest, or something like that. He gave us a, a nice little. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Well, once again, how can people watch Himalayan Ice? How can they see that? Uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, pretty much any of your streaming services. But uh, those are the main two streaming services that it's available on um, that you can purchase or rent the film. And the site, again, is Himalayan Ice. The... Uh, HimalayanIceFilm.com. Film. Uh, you can, okay. Yeah, you can make a donation. Uh, and we're also real active on social media. So my Instagram is DasNovak. Uh, you can reach out and kind of get involved with the film and interact with uh, some of the behind-the-scenes media we have. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you both for being here today to talk to us about Himalayan Ice and your adventures. It, it, it come, like I said, it comes across in the film, and it's a terrific, terrific watch. So we've been talking with uh, co-directors Austin Schmitz as well as Ari Novak. Thank you to both of you. Thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.